Hey, my name is Justin Shank, and you are listening to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everybody, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. Thrilled you decide to spend a little bit of time with me today. And I have a special guest for you. It's my friend, Justin Shank. Justin, how are you? Dude, I am so well. I'm so happy to be here, man. We've been connected for, I don't even know how long at this point, but I'm excited to have this conversation on the podcast because as you know, when you talk on a podcast, the conversation goes in different directions that you've never done before, even though we've spoken in the past. So let's see where this goes, man. I'm excited about that too. Now for listeners who don't know who you are, I'm going to give a little bit about your background. So listeners, this is Justin. He is the host of the top-rated Growth Now Movement podcast, and he was named a top eight podcaster to follow by Inc. Magazine. Now, I could just stop right there, and that should be enough reason for you to listen to Justin's show. That's enough right there, but there's more. So in addition to that, you also are referred to as an icon of influence. Okay, now that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird one to, to, it's a weird one to hang your hat on for sure. <laughs> it is because like I kind of influence what I don't know what that means. I just do my thing. People like it. That's great. Okay. That's it. <laughs> All right. Now I know what Justin loves to do. Justin loves to help people unlock their passions and live life to the fullest. Is that a fair assessment? I, I say you hit that on the head. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, he also has an annual event, which not surprisingly, is called Growth Now Movement Live. And in addition to all those other things, Justin's also a speaker, he's a coach, and he's an entrepreneur. So he fits right in with what we do here on the Relationships and Revenue podcast. So now that folks know a little bit about you, Justin, do us a favor and kind of go back in time a little bit. Share as much or as little as you want. That's entirely up to you. But kind of catch us up kind of how you got your start and what prompted you to get into this and brought you to where you are today. Yeah, man. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back far, but then I'll fast forward through a bunch of other stuff. So people don't have okay. to sit and, and hear me tell my story for 20 minutes. So all right. if I went back to high school, I jokingly say all the time that if there was a senior superlative for least likely to succeed, that would have been me. Um, I found myself with a 1.7 GPA at one point. My mom was in the middle of a 20 year opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. And honestly, if you look at all that stuff, they say that, or the statistics say that if your parents an addict, you have a 50% chance of being an addict. Mm. If your parents in jail, you have 50% chance of ending up in jail. Like do the math. I'm hundred percent screwed. Like that's just the reality <laughs> right. of what everybody right. saw when they looked at me. Right. And the reality was like, I didn't even know where I, where I wanted to go in life. Like clearly I wasn't going to college. Um, but I had, I, I didn't really have a direction, but I knew one thing I knew I didn't, what I didn't want in my life, what my parents had, right. I didn't want to end up where they ended up. And I always preface this part of the conversation with, I had phenomenal parents. They loved me. They supported me. They did all those things. They just made really poor personal choices, mm. um, which got them to those positions. But yeah. 
I was lucky that they were really good parents. And at the age of 19, I was introduced to self-development. I got into a direct sales job, obviously didn't go to college. So I had to do something. Yeah. Um, and so I got into direct sales and somebody handed me a book called who moved my cheese. Yeah. Uh, and that book changed the tra- trajectory of my life because what it did is it gave me, uh, uh, an avenue to learn outside of the education spectrum. Uh, mm-hmm. And also gave me hope because if, any, if you guys don't know, that book is about the fact that change happens around you and things happen around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those things don't really matter. What matters are the choices you make reacting to those things. Absolutely. Um, yes. And so I was like, wow, I can create my own life. And at that moment, I became obsessed with the idea of becoming an entrepreneur, building my own life, becoming super successful. Um, so people can then look at me and go, wow, uh, Justin really made something of himself, even though he came from where he came from. Uh, and that was the ultimate goal. And I was like, cool, I want to become an entrepreneur. Now I've worked my way through the corporate world. I became successful in the corporate world. Uh, I was actually in medical, ended up in medical sales and did well. Um, and during the time of climbing the ladder in corporate, I actually tried a couple of businesses that failed because I was still in love with this idea of building my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, it was three different companies I tried to grow and, and they all failed. Um, and then I kind of found myself at a crossroads and I was like, look, like I can either continue down the trajectory of being unfulfilled in corporate, uh, and do well financially and it would be fine. Or I can start a podcast and this is kind of where the podcast comes into play. I can start a podcast, interview entrepreneurs, uh, and ask them how they did it. And so that way I'm not going to fail again, because I'm going to learn from the masters, the people <laughs> who've really done it. Um, and honestly, you know, when I was about five months before I launched the podcast, that's when my life completely changed. Uh, I got that phone call nobody wants to get. It was uh, uh, my sister calling me and she said, the doctor says you need to come. Uh, And I actually was up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts at the time. And I drove seven and a half hours down to South Jersey and uh, found my mom intubated in a hospital bed. And that was the day she lost her life. Uh, That was the day she lost the battle to opioids at the age of 58 years old. Uh, and it was in that moment. And I, and I say in that moment, it sounds like this, like, ah, kind of moment, but it wasn't, it was over time over the next couple of months. Um, it really opened my eyes to the idea that it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the financial success that I have. It doesn't matter how other people view me. What matters is, am I enjoying the process? Am I enjoying the things that I'm doing now? Am I constantly growing? Am I constantly becoming better? And am I taking people along the way? Because here's the thing. My mom didn't die from, from opioids. My mom died because she didn't like herself. My mom died because she hit a rock bottom moment and felt like there was no future for her other no. than, you know, yeah. you know, drowning her sorrows in pills. Right. Uh, and so that became the mission of the podcast. And it became truly the whole idea of, let me get this message out there. Let me have rock bottom conversations with some of the top people on the planet um, and give people a little bit of hope that even if you're in your rock bottom moment, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter about where you are right now. What matters are the choices you make right now in this moment to create a better tomorrow for yourself and for the world. And that's really how the growth now movement launched and, and really became what it is. Um, and then obviously from there was the whole fun thing that you read in the beginning, the ink magazine, the speaking, the, all the other things. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I said I was going to make it short. I kind of rambled, but that's kind of the story of going from least likely to succeed to this top ranked podcaster was because I found my purpose. It just took me a long time to figure that out. Oh man. I thank you so much for sharing that with us. And it wasn't too long, man. I think it was just the right amount of, of detail, but moving on and getting us to learn more about you and where you came from, because I think for far too many people out there, they think that, this is my lot in life and I am just stuck here. It almost feels like the feudal system 
from Europe centuries ago, where if you were born essentially a slave, you will always be a slave. Or if you were born into royalty, that just meant you were royalty no matter what and, and everything in between. And you and I are both proof that it doesn't have to be that way, but there you have to make certain choices. I'll even go a little further, sometimes sacrifices in order to get where you ultimately want to go. Right. Yeah. No. And, and I'll, and I'll add to that really quick too, man, because you know, it, it is, it is very, very true. Like when we look at our lives, sometimes we, we feel like we're pigeonholed into some sort of title or whatever. And this is, this is across the board for everybody. Um, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into this, but there are things people can do to, to get themselves out of that. Even though they don't see a bright future for themselves, there's actually actions people can take to, to move forward. And like I said, I'm sure we're going to get there, but it's very true. So I'm glad you really framed it that way. All right. Well, let's dig in, man. Let's talk about that. So <laughs> yeah. when, so, when you notice somebody that you're working with, you know, somebody that, that you have an interest in who, who definitely has started expressing interest in growth now movement and understanding. So they like the idea of it, but it's like, I feel stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move forward. It, it feels impossible right now to do what you do. Maybe not specifically what Justin does, but to be my own boss or to take that next step. How would you help somebody like that? Yeah. You know, I, there's a couple of things, right? Let's, let's address two things off the bat. So one is we have these limiting beliefs about ourselves and what we can create. And that comes from th usually three different places and come from society and society saying, no, you're not good enough, strong enough, old enough, smart enough, pretty enough, whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have all of those things in your head and, and then it becomes self-doubt and that self-imaging of how you create it for yourself over time. Yeah, you're right. I'm not strong enough, old enough, all these things, right? right. Uh, and then it can also come from the large society at, 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 a, at a, you know, at the top, right? Like, oh, you're from Reading, Pennsylvania. You can't host a live event there, right? So all of a sudden you're now being told because nobody's ever done it before, you can't do it. So we have these limiting beliefs that are put on us throughout our life, right? True. And so the first thing is we have to say, okay, how do I break out of that? Right. And how do I, how do I change the internal dialogue that I have for my life? Mm -hmm. And I personally did that by studying the greats, like studying these people who I admire and I look up to, and I realize they don't, they don't come from things that were handed to them most of the time. Right. Like I'm actually currently reading Matthew McConaughey's book, green lights. Yeah. And what you don't realize is how he was raised was crazy. And I highly recommend, and I'm not going to get into it, but I highly recommend people read that book, but it's just those simple stories of like, there are so many people who have created greatness in their life from nothing. So why not you? Right. And so you first have to realize you can do it. The second yeah. thing is you have to put yourself into a scenario where you can start to level up your life little by little. We get scared so much by these big goals we have, right? You talk about making that big leap to start my own business. Why does it have to be a big leap? Right. Why does it all of a sudden we go from 0% towards our goal to 100% towards our goal? That's, <laughs> not how, that's not how life works, right? And so when I look at my ultimate goal for Growth Now Movement Live, post-COVID, hopefully, uh, when mm. I look at the big goal for that, I want to fill an arena. I want to fill a 6,000-seat arena that's in downtown Reading here in my hometown nice. with people all over the world. Um, now, if that was my goal year one, I would have been frozen in fear and the understanding that that's a lot of work that I can't truly handle right now, right? right. Um, so it's small steps at a time. And so my first year goal was 150 people. 
mm-hmm. sold 175 tickets. It was a sold out event. They had every speaker that I wanted and everything else in between. But what I realized a long time ago was I don't need to change the world overnight. I don't need to change my life overnight. Like there are still things that I work on every single day. But what I do need to do is improve 1% every single day. So my goal is to ultimately improve 1% every single day. And what I believe are the four pillars of life, which is business slash finance relationships, which I know we're going to get into that. We're probably going to get into those two pillars at some point, oh, yeah. right? Um, on this podcast, uh, sure. wellness and spirituality. And those are my four pillars in my life. Okay. That I have to constantly <clears throat> grow in, in order to create the life that I want and hopefully make the impact that I want. Oh man. Could not have said that better myself. Uh, in fact, there are a number of people I know who, who approach me because they know I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. And this, this comes especially from people who have only ever worked in the corporate world. And it's like, well, it must be nice to have all kinds of free time. That's the first <laughs> thing they say. It must be nice to have all kinds of free time. Like, what do you mean free time? It's like, well, you're an entrepreneur. So you don't really have a schedule. I'm like, well, I suppose in a sense that's true, but you know, I'm actually a lot busier working than I ever was in a corporate job. And so, you know, I exchanged a high salary with limited amount of time that I had to do it to a lot less money and a whole lot more hours I had to work. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, it's, there's a lot more and people need to know that. I think too many people, they, they fantasize, they build it up in their minds of what it's like to be your own boss. And there are some great parts to that. And I freely tell people about that all the time, but I'm real with them. I just say, look, you got to be prepared for this. So most people, it's not wise to jump right into it. I mean, leave your corporate gig and jump right in if you haven't built it up. It's just not wise for most people. There are some who can do it, but very few. Yeah, very few. And, and it's and it's funny that you say that because like I look at how I did it and I tried to build the three failed businesses were all on the side. Um, and then I was building the fourth one. Uh, and I was like, wow, this actually might work. It's just going to take me another six months. That, that typical, like I'm working my job, building something on the side, six more months and I'll be able to jump. And then I end up getting fired from my job. Um, so <laughs> when you're living in your purpose and you're serving on the side and you start to build that income or you build the thing you're passionate about, the universe will take care of you. Uh, meaning when it's ready to push, they'll push you uh, or a cl- coach or a client or, or uh, whatever, right? Somebody you admire, they're going to push you when it's time. Um, people worry too much about that end result. They want, like you said, they fantasize about this end result. Oh yeah. I can't complain, man. Like I fan it, like my life is a fantasy. Like, and I, and I mean that in the strongest sense. Now, obviously it's my fantasy. Like what I have in my life, you probably don't want and and nor people that are outside of my realm, but that was always, again, focusing on that 1% every single day. And you have to constantly do it too. Cause I think the main thing is about entrepreneurship. Yeah. It could be the hours. Yeah. It could be whatever, but it's really a stress level. Of like, I literally, if I don't work, I don't make money. Whereas if, dude, when I used to report to the office eight hours a day uh, and I'd work maybe two, it doesn't work that right. way when you're an entrepreneur, right? That's, you right. know, that, like that oh, stress yeah. level that kind of weighs <laughs> on you. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's funny. People are so worried about the end result that they don't even take the first step. Oh yeah. Well, or and I've seen people try and approach it a slightly different way. It's, I, I talk about trying to get to that end result. When you talk about just the money. It's the income. I talk about the three C's and the three I's. There's clarity, competence, confidence, influence, impact, income. What, what I'm referring to there is that some people, they get just a little bit of clarity on what they need to do. And they want to jump 
all the way to income when really it goes from clarity, competence, confidence, influence, impact, income. And how does clarity come? Imperfect action. Just taking those baby steps that we've been talking about, those micro steps that seem like nothing when you're doing it. But when you a little bit of time passes and you turn around, it's like, whoa, look how far I've come. You know, and the competence, that's just you become an expert at one thing. You don't have to be an expert at a lot of things. You become an expert at one thing. Confidence is just the outward expression of what's already happened on the inside for you. That means other people get to see that you're an expert in that one thing. And that's where the influence comes in. A few more people start to see it and it starts to trickle out. The impact, that's when it gets big. It starts to get really big. Those, those concentric circles, you know, those waves are going out, man. And then the income, you know, so far too many people want to start with a little bit of clarity and jump all the way to the income. And it's not that it isn't possible to do that. It is, but it's not sustainable that way. At least I have found that it's not really sustainable. So you can get some income, but... If that's all your goal is, is money, you're never going to be fulfilled. You're just not because it's money can't fill the hole that's in your heart. It just can't. It was it was never designed to do that. It's a means to an end. It's not an end in and of itself. Mm. Yeah, no, dude, I, I love that, too. And, and it's true. Like, dude, I, I chased money for so long. Like we talked about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. but every time I chased money, it eluded me. Um, and what I ended <laughs> yeah. up doing was I... I looked at my goal setting ways and I completely flipped the script on how I set goals. Mm. I flipped the script by worrying about the four pillars thinking at my first thought process was once I get the money, the pillars take care of themselves. Once I get the money, the relationships get better. Once I get the money, the health gets better. Once I get the money, the spirituality, I can really focus on that. Right. And so I flipped the script and I go, let me focus on my pillars. Let me focus on these things Mm -hmm. that are important to me. Uh, And then, and now the money chases me. I say no to more people than, than I say yes to people. Like, and I don't, and I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way, I'm saying that to make people realize that if you're living in your purpose, and like you said, mm, you do yes. the little things, right. You become the expert in the little things and you do it from a standpoint of heart centered, driven by this idea that I want to truly help people. That's when everything happens after that, right? Like we live in a world now, and I talk about this pretty often. I don't know why it always comes up when I'm talking, but you know, we live in a world now where everybody goes and buys a life coach, a life coach gift certificate. And they go, look at me. And they hang it on the wall and they go, I'm a life coach. But what they, they don't say is that that certificate is hanging on the wall in their parents' basement where they live. Um, but they're now trying to make money off of everybody else's misfortune because they have misfortunes. Mm. In my life, I became a coach because I went out, I built something. People came to me and said, Hey, I want to learn this from you. And I go, okay. Um, and then I went on to the next thing and I started speaking and built my platform and people go, Hey, I want to learn that from you. And I go, okay, cool. This is what that looks like. So the coaching side of things, when you talk about the income, that was a direct result of the work that I did in the beginning to build out what I've built, whether it's the podcast, the speaking, the live events, the masterminds, the whatever, it was all a response to I sat down in my purpose and I said, how do I make an impact with these things that I'm doing? And one, again, back to that 1%, 1% every day, mm-hmm. how do I make it better? And it was all has been a response to that. And like the fact that I get to talk to really cool people along the way and become friends with them too, bonus, right? There's a ton of bonuses with what we do on the podcast, but oh, yeah. it's just, it's just been a fun journey. And, and honestly, the universe rewards me and, I, and it rewards me by people asking me for help. Oh yeah. Love that. Love that. And the fact not just the people are asking you for help. It's like they value me and what I have to say. And I, I've done enough of the work 
It's like, I have something to contribute. I have ways that can help people. Um, you were talking about platforms just a minute ago and, and purpose. And one of the things that I like to talk about, about this show, as far as the origins are concerned, and for those of you who have never heard this before, that means you haven't listened to very many of my episodes yet, but I'll do the a brief uh, background on the show. I've been divorced for over 10 years. The, the greatest source of pain in my life by far, my divorce. And after I got over the initial shock of that, the idea for having a podcast, even though I didn't know that's what it was at the time, was in my head five years ago, was in my head five years ago. And then when I started to figure out that's what I probably should do, I kept putting it off for a lot of reasons I did. But I say all that to say this, what I did was I took my pain and I turned it into my purpose. It became my purpose, not to have the pain, but the purpose was to be able to help others so they don't have to go through the same stuff that I do. Because I can promise you, Justin, I can see it in guys' eyes all the time. It's like, I see the path they're on. I know what's coming. Man, I can see it miles away. And I'm just like, dude, I know what's coming. I mean, I can tell them things about themselves when I first meet them that there's no way I could know that about them. And they're like, how did you know? It's like, I have been there. I see the signs, man. I know what's going on. It's like, let me help you. It's like, these are the things that you can do. And so it's taking that pain, turning it into your purpose and ultimately platform. And not everybody's platform is the same. I mean, it could be a podcast. It could be a stage, whatever kind of stage it happens to be. It could be a virtual stage. It could be an actual stage. Um, It could be uh, a mutual friend of ours, Mike Brennan where you take your pain and it becomes your purpose and you're creating fantastic art. Just whatever form it happens to be, knowing what your purpose is, but you got to know you first. And I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of folks is they don't even know who they are. So how in the world could they delve into their purpose if they don't know who they are? Yeah, you got to do the work. You have to do the work to get through that pain. You're right. Definitely. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast for just a minute. So it is called Growth Now Movement. You gave us a little bit of history about how it started, but tell us some more about like the kinds of people that you have on your show, because you have, uh, if I remember right, you have two episodes a week that come out. You have an interview that comes out on Tuesdays, and then you have a solo, much shorter episode that comes out on Fridays. So how'd you come up with the format? Yeah, All that sort of thing. So it's a, you know, I will say this. So yes, you are right, but no, you are not right. So I no longer do the moments of growth. I, I stopped them for a while. Okay. Um, and it, I actually stopped them when COVID started. And the reason I stopped them is because I, I was following a trend on podcast listeners um, where listenership was down. And so I okay. said, let me focus on the, the important content. And that, at that point, it was the, the solo episodes. Uh, and my, my show has blown up over the last couple of months, uh, even more so. And nice. so I'm like, okay, let me, not mess with the, let me not mess with the format right now and add those back <laughs> in. Um, but I will say this. So uh, again, it was through the podcast world. I've, I mean, I've been podcasting for uh, four and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Today, as we're recording this, my 350th episode came out. Ooh, um, and so yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so it's been, That's a big it's deal. Been a, people. 
it's been a wild ride, man. It's, it's been a ton of fun, but it's, it's changed over time. When I started, I had a co-host. Um, we always had the t- one episode a week because, and honestly that came from, Hey, here's the time that we have allotted to get this done. We yeah. can do one a week and that, and that's good enough. Um, and then as that went on, I was like, well, this is where th- I'm comfortable here. Right. And so I asked my co-host to take a step back, stayed with the solo episodes. And then here's what I noticed. I actually had a ton of my guests reach out to me and they're like, I love your audience. I love the, how engaged they are. They all reach out to me and tell me they love the episode, but yeah. nobody was. And, and, and keep in mind now at this point, my show was doing upwards of 10,000 downloads an episode and I wasn't hearing from anybody. Mm. And I'm just like, that's interesting. Um, but cool. I'm glad they're reaching out to you, but what about me? Like I got a little like <laughs> butthurt about it. Sure. Um, and so what ended up happening was I added the solo episode. Cause I'm like, well, here's the thing I'm sitting here and I'm just the, I'm just the interviewer. I was the, I was the moderator to the conversation for the person I was interviewing. And so I started to add my own content on top of it beyond the interview. And that really, then all of a sudden people start reaching out. Hey, I really love that solo episode. I love where, where that story you told. I love this. I love that. Um, and it became a great vehicle for me to start getting more content and stories out there that were my own. Sure. Um, and then at that, and, and like I said, during COVID, I was like, Hey, let me adjust to, to what's happening around, but that's life. And that's business. It's like, Hey, this is working. This isn't working. I need to make the adjustment. And so that's kind of how we came up with that format. And that's why I do one a week now. Um, but again, I think the, the Tuesday, every single time is going to be super important to me. That is, that is when I show up for my audience, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the interviews and they're anywhere from 35 minutes to a couple or over an hour. But, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 uh, it's not as cool of a story that was as to why I came up with it, but that's just the reality of like, you know, making adjustments and understanding, like, how do I show up for my audience the best I can? Right. Well, and you know, one of the things that you realized is that it wasn't about you. It was about the listeners and putting their best interest at the forefront, which is crucial because, and I'm sure that you do this, but I've had people approach me that wanted to be guests on my show. And it's it for a variety of reasons, not a fit. Just wasn't a fit for the show, not a fit for the audience, that sort of thing. And so, you know, you just, and I've, and I've told people that it's like, look, you know, what you're doing is great. Let me see if I can help you get on a different show that might be more in line with who you are and your message. So, and I certainly have appreciated the interest from people wanting to do that, but yeah, sometimes it's just not a good fit. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, you know, I mean, you and I've talked about this before, like my show, uh, I, I really handpick people. And, and, and so here's kind of who, who have been on my show. Like people are always like, how do I get on your show? Because I get pitched about 60 times a week. I'm upwards of <laughs> you do. times a week right now. And it, it, most of the time I just delete the email and I don't mean that in a mean <laughs> way. I just don't have the time or the bandwidth to, to reply to everybody. I'm a nice person. I want to reply, but it just doesn't make sense. But essentially to get on my show, one of a couple of things has to happen. One, you truly become my friend meaning yeah. we both add value to each other's lives. That's how I kind of look at friendship. Like you're yeah. a great person. I'm a great person. We've added value. I like your story. Cool. Come on my show uh, to your client of mine. A number of my clients have been on my show because it's a great platform to tell a story. Yeah. Um, and I've coached them to the point where they, they'd be a good fit to be on my show. Mm-hmm. Three, somebody I, I'm inspired by. Like I look at the guests that I've had and a lot of them are just people that I've uh, truly been inspired by. They've touched my life from a distance in some way, shape or form. And I've reached out to them and I said, Hey, I'd love to be, I'd love to have you on my show. And then they've been on my show or I've gotten introduced or whatever the case may be. Uh, and those are really the, the three criteria to be on my show. That's it. 
a pitch very rarely works. I've accepted three pitches total, like cold, cold pitches, by the way, wow. it's a different game when I kind of know somebody, but like I've accepted three cold pitches. It was Sean T from beach body. Yeah. Uh, it was drama from the show MTV show, Robin big. Cause I loved that show when I was younger. Okay. Um, and Nicole Lappin, who's a multiple time New York times bestselling author. Uh, and so when you look at that, I've accepted three, but I'm getting upwards of 60 a week right now. Um, it's, it's like an interesting game, but for me, I go, I know what my audience likes. They yeah. like to be inspired the same way I like to be inspired. Uh, they tend to like when I sit down with friends and just chat with them. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I give them that. And, and I have in the past taken cold pitches and they just falls flat. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I know that if I just show up for my audience and I deliver the content they want and hopefully deliver some sort of motivation or inspiration or whatever, uh, I'm going to win every time because they win every time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So <clears throat> I'm going to put you on the spot here for just a minute. At first, I was going to ask you a question I know you've been asked before, and that is to give us a favorite episode or a favorite guest to interview, but I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go this route instead. Tell us about a few of your more memorable interviews. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'll give you three of them. Okay, um, great. So one, one is a guy named Fabio Viviani who, mm. uh, from America's top chef. Yeah. He just commented on my post on Instagram yesterday and he goes, I still hold the record for the most F bombs dropped in an interview. Um, <laughs> and then he, and then he tagged Gary V cause he's friends with Gary V on, on the comment, but well, that's funny. The, yeah. And it was, well, it's funny because I actually, the, the backstory behind that, and here's why it's memorable, not because he said the F word. Um, <laughs> but I went to an event out in Ohio a number of years ago. And Fabio was one of the speakers. And I literally said, who cares about a chef? Now, keep in mind, I don't watch TV. Uh, and so I didn't know. I've never seen the show. And um, I was like, who cares about a chef, blah, blah, blah. But the event itself did not tell you when each speaker was speaking. It, would, it was a surprise. And oh, so wow. you had to be there and see it, which actually I stole that idea from my event um, because of this reason. Fabio comes on stage. I'm still thinking, who cares about a chef? Uh, and by the end of his talk, I turned to my friend who I was with at the event and I said, I need to be friends with that guy. Wow. Uh, and within a year and a half, Fabio was on the show. Um, yeah. We hit it off. We're still friends to this day. It just came up. I think it was two years ago he was on the show. Nice. Um, but we're still friends to this day. Um, and honestly, I mean, he's, he was the keynote at my event last year. Mm -hmm. uh, he then introduced me to 50 individual people to be on my show, including people like Andy Frisella and, and people like that who are you know, very high on my list in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, so just honored to even be able to call him a friend. Wow. Um, so that's one that's super memorable for that reason, because I've become good friends. Yeah. Um, another one's Burt Kreischer, who is one of my favorite comedians. Um, mm -hmm. he's, got, he's got a number of huge podcasts. He's, he's like best friends with Joe Rogan. Um, and that's just memorable because I literally shared to the world, my world, my, my podcast audience, we both shared the story of how we lost our virginity. Uh, and so <laughs> sharing that, story that. A, yeah. So sharing that story on a podcast is obviously memorable. Um, and then, I mean, it's so hard again, I'm 350 episodes, but like the incredible friends I've made, Ed Milet, Nick Santanastasso, Justin Wren, they're all memorable because they've, they're people that impacted my life beyond just yeah. our hour long conversation. Um, but one, I want to bring up, there was a guy and I'm not going to say his name because I don't like dragging people through the mud, but there's somebody yeah. who I interviewed for my show and it was the most, it was the worst interview I've ever done in my life. Not because the conversation was bad, but because he was driving down the road in his car 
So all this sound was happening. He was getting in and out of his car, like pulling over the road, getting out, slamming the door, doing all this stuff. Now this guy is a well, a, a pretty well-known person in a specific field. Okay. And, um, I, so I did this whole interview. I was excited about it in the first place. It was the most awkward conversation I ever had. And I never posted the interview. Oh. Um, and so that one's memorable to me because out of 351 interviews that I've done, he's the only one I have not released. And wow. so, so yeah, that one's memorable for that reason. And you'll run into that in the future. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that, um, you know, this certainly was the case before I had my own show. But definitely now that I have my own show, I get people all the time telling me, you know, John, you need to listen to this podcast, you know, for whatever reason. And the reason right now is not what's important, but I don't have any problem saying this. People who know me well know what I'm about to say. And that is I am a communicator snob. I have no problem saying that, saying that people don't speak well, because some (laughs) of the some of some of the most influential people in the world are terrible communicators. I mean, they're horrible. And so some of these shows that I have decided to listen to, which means they get 30 seconds to a minute of me listening. And if it's not good, I stop. I do. And so it has bothered me so much that I actually, I don't even think I told you this before. Something I'm actually working on right now. I'm working on creating a course to help podcasters get better at communication. Nice. I mean, it's something as I've been public speaking for over 30 years. So it's something I know well. Um, so much so I'm going to be creating, you know, a a membership community based upon that, where the, the course is just kind of the entry level to get in, you know, all different ways. Uh, I'm going to be doing reaction videos to podcasts where people are speaking and giving my feedback, like a, (laughs) like a good friend of mine, who's a vocal coach who has 40,000 students, by the way. Um, he does that kind of stuff all the time. He's amazing. But, uh, yeah, so that's, Having a well-done podcast, yes, the, the technical stuff is important, but man, if what's coming out of your mouth isn't good stuff, no amount of technical stuff can make that better. It just yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's something that's not talked about enough. Everybody thinks they can go buy a microphone and they can sit around with their friends and chat and everybody's going to listen. And that's just not the case. Right. There's a reason that most podcasts are lucky to go seven episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, There's a reason true. for that. So, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about Growth Now Movement Live. But before we get to that, I want to mention a few people that because of you, I have met and that have begun to have influence in my life. Uh, and I want to make sure I don't forget them. Uh, one is Andre Young. We both know Andre and for those of you who don't know, Andre was very kind enough to invite me to be on his particular podcast. It's called You Evolving Now. I did an interview with him, which was so much fun to do. Oh my gosh. He has a very different style for doing interviewing. It's just a little more unique than what I was used to, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was Andre's first guest, by the way. Yes, you were. Yeah. I knew that. I knew <laughs> you were first. So I don't know what, I'm either number two or three. I'm not sure which, but I'm top five. So I, I've got that going for me. So That's awesome. That's awesome. Another person I've met because of you, Pablo Gonzalez. Amazing, amazing guy from Florida. Uh, Brooks Holland, who was part of Growth Now Movement Live this year in 2020. Uh, Brian Bogert, who I know you've had on your show. And believe it or not, I interviewed for my show, and that'll be coming out soon with Brian. Very cool. 
Oh my God. Such a cool guy. Oh my God. He's amazing. Yeah. Him and I just chatted last Thursday. He's a, re- he's a really good dude. He's, a, you know, there, there's, there's people that I've um, connected with who uh, there's just so much respect for, but then you just become friends with them and, and you're able to have those conversations, which I love. Um, and, and so actually stay tuned. Brian will be involved in something that I'm doing here shortly as well. I can't announce it yet because it's not out there and there's nowhere for me to send people, but I'll tell you after the recording. Okay. All right. That sounds fantastic. Uh, another person that comes to mind, Jonathan George. Um, mm, yeah. I mean, amazing. truthfully, I, based upon comments I made at your virtual event, he reached out to me. Oh, I love it. I mean, and that was so cool. I mean, truthfully, I mean, just such a cool guy. And, you know, and he's someone I definitely am going to try and get on the show, folks. So stay tuned for Jonathan George because his story he, is amazing. It is. I mean, and I know, I mean, just a little bit of his story. Yeah. So, no. yeah, it's a, quite impressive. So let's talk about your conference that you put on. It, you've had it for two years now, right? Yeah, well, kind of. So it's funny. Like, obviously, <laughs> you, you get into this live event space, and my first uh, Growth Down Movement Live was in 2019. Um, that was the, the 150, 175 tickets to- sold. It was a sold out event. People came from 15 States and Canada. And I really designed this as an opportunity for people to learn, to be inspired, to connect. And I wanted it to be like a rock concert. So the first year was a day plus a VIP welcome reception the night before stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I called it a day long rock concert for entrepreneurs because, um, I'm, if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, between this conversation and the 1.7 GPA, I've never been diagnosed, but I'm sure I have ADD. And so when I go to, when I go to boring conferences, I can't pay attention. Dude, and you I don't was like, well, have how- ADD for that to be true. Just trust me. <laughs> well, then, then there you go. So maybe it's not the case, but, <laughs> but the event, I was like, how to make this fun and, and engaging and inspiring. And it was truly like a rock concert. Dude. I had, I had dancers dance the speakers down to the stage. Like, it was incredible, um, live performances and so on and so forth. Uh, and the second one was supposed to be in May of this year. Uh, and as everybody knows, at the end of March, the country shut down. And I, I just kind of paid attention to be like, what's next? What's next? And so I actually moved the uh, the live event from, from uh, May to September, mm-hmm. thinking COVID would be gone and it wasn't. And so we had to go virtual. Um, and so I actually called that event growth, the Growth Now Summit. Um, and it was really about like bringing people together online and creating some way for them to engage. And the fact that you just said three or four people that you met just from a virtual event that you've stayed connected with, I feel like I accomplished that, which I love. Absolutely. You did. Somebody asked me like, what was the biggest surprise from your first year event? Now keep in mind, I had celebrity speakers. I had like incredible engagement. It was amazing, but I went honest. And they asked me about six months afterwards. And I go, honestly, the biggest thing for me was how much community was built at the event that continues to be built today. Um, and same thing for the virtual event, like the speakers were phenomenal, but I was like, I don't want to do this unless I can put it on a platform and I use Excel events, but I put it on a platform where people can, can engage and chat with each other and connect. And, and there are ways that you guys could chat on the side. I don't even know how that works by the way, but it was an option. Um, and that was all happening during the event. And so we went, we went virtual. Um, and then I hope to bring the growth and movement live back September of 2021. 
Mm -hmm. um, right here in Reading, Pennsylvania. The goal is about 300 to 350 people. Um, and the speaker lineup, the people I'm in communication with, some of the people you, you saw from the virtual summit, you'll see there, um, okay. Brooks Holland, Anthony Trucks, like those people will be there, uh, Nick Sands and Estasso, they'll be there in person. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to formulate some new lineups around them as well. Okay. Really excited about that. I'm, I'm in talks with a couple of people that will blow you away. Um, and so just really excited about that. And, and there might be a vir another virtual event, uh, before then as well, uh, which I'm actually gonna, and so this, you know what I'll say? So that's what Brian's going to be involved in. He's going to be one of the keynotes at my next virtual event. Nice. Um, and it's going to be free and we're shooting for either the end of February or the beginning of March. There's nothing set up for it. So I have nowhere to send people, um, but, <laughs> right, uh, it's right. the end of this, is the official announcement, by the way, so the right. end of February, beginning of March, there will be another growth now summit. Um, nice. uh, a little bit of a different format than what we just saw, okay. um, but super excited about it. And hopefully we can get 500 people there plus cause it'll be free and hopefully wow. people will engage and connect and, and do amazing things together. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Absolutely, man. It was, it was phenomenal. In fact, um, I even recently was a part of a hybrid event where there were, where the speakers themselves were together live and then everybody else was virtual. Yeah. Checking in that way. Um, and I have, and I know of some other ones where there's been like, there were some people present at the event, but they even allowed, they allowed even more people to come in virtually that way. Um, so there definitely is some interesting ways to be able to do that now. Uh, so, oh gosh, so many really cool ways to do that. But when you're doing this, when you're putting on your event, whether it's the summit or the live, which sounds like now really almost two different things for you. Yeah. You know, I, I think it is. I think, I think it is because I don't, I don't know if, depending on what the world looks like, look, we always have to be flexible, right? We, yeah, yeah. things are going to change around us and, and yes, we can't control that, but we can, we can control how we react to it. Um, I don't think we're going to have a hybrid thing in September uh, because there's okay. so much about the live event that like you need to be there whether it be the VIP parties, the after parties, the human connection, the hugs, whatever. Right. Um, but if I can do something where if people remain scared to travel, people who can't afford to do the traveling, um, hopefully the summit is kind of an answer for them to, from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, the next one's free, so anybody can come. So that'll be, that'll be right. fun to see who shows up. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So when you're doing these, um, I'm assuming the folks that you have, to come in to do the speaking for you. Those are the people that you have those connections with that we were talking about before. Yeah. And so now are there folks that when you've been working on this, that you've had like a goal in mind, it's like, okay, this is somebody I want to have a relationship with, but it would be awesome also to have that person be a part of growth now movement live. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the story that I told about Fabio Viviani okay. uh, is a great example of that. Like I wasn't hundred percent sold on doing my event when I connected with him. Um, but I was like, if I did an event, this is the guy that I, this is the guy that I'd want there. Mm. Um, you know, and, he, and he's somebody who he's a 25 K keynote speaker. And when yeah. we talk about building a relationship, uh, I called, I was so nervous, dude. And he was a, my <laughs> friend, but I was so nervous. I called him and I was like, Hey man, I'm doing this thing. And before I could even ask, he's like, yeah, man, whatever you need. He's like, whatever you need, I'm there. Wow. Um, and it speaks to who he is as a person. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and hopefully who I, to who I am as a person where we've been able to kind of develop that relationship. And so he flew in, he spoke all for free and uh, just really, really blessed that, that he wanted to be a part of something that I was building uh, because you, you have that idea in mind. Um, 
and, and you don't really know what life is going to bring, but I approached the relationship with him. Like I approach every relationship, which is how can I add value? How can I give them something? How can I, you know, be a part of their life without expecting anything in return? Like as your show That's continues cute. to grow, as your show continues to grow, man, you're going to see it. You're going to have a lot of people reach out to you uh, and you'll know immediately because I know who you are and how you read people. You'll know immediately <laughs> what they actually want. Oh yeah. The beautiful people in the life are the people who reach out to you and you sit there for weeks and go, what the hell do they want? <laughs> what do they want? And so that's who I want to be to these people when I get them into my space and I say to them, Hey, let me know how I can help. How can I support you? What's this? What's that? What's that? You know? And like the fact that when Ed Milet's father passed away just recently and I could reach out, reach out to him and text him and be like, Hey man, I'm so sorry for your loss. And, and he knew it was a genuine thing. And he replied, even though his Instagram story said, thank you so much for the calls, texts and, e and messages. I can't reply to everybody. Right. Um, but he replied to me. Um, you know, that's the kind of relationship that I want across the board with my yeah. girlfriend, with my family, with the people I connect with on the podcast. Absolutely. And it goes back to understanding like, who am I serving and how do I make sure I'm interviewing people who serve them? Because the people who serve them are people I want to be friends with. Uh, and yeah. so that's how I approach all my relationships. And that's been the key. Uh, never do I go, I only want to do this because I can get something out of it. But of course, when you, when you interview a guy like Fabio Viviani or Ned Milet and you go, hey, I'd love for one day for them to speak at my event. Yeah, you're going to keep that in mind and you're going to see what yeah. you can do to make it happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not stupid, so. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, I get, I totally get that. I do. Um, all right. So I would be remiss if we don't spend at least a little, little bit of time talking about relationships specifically. I mean, because this is called the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, so. The, the premise that we go from on this show is this. In order to get better in business, you got to be doing better in your other relationships, your personal relationships. So what are you doing, Justin, to help build up and work on your personal relationships so that that better translates into your business life? Yeah, you know, I think, I think the big thing a lot of people miss is that if you want a healthy relationship, you have to be healthy with yourself. Mm. Um, and so when I go back in my life, I've had many girlfriends, long-term girlfriends, um, but the relationships were unhealthy and they were unhealthy because I didn't understand who I was. I didn't understand how to love myself. I didn't understand how, how to take care of myself first. Mm -hmm. uh, I always, I approached everything with like, oh, you're first, you're first, you're first. And I was coming from a scarcity mindset and I was pouring from this empty cup. Um, and so after I had a, a long-term relationship that ended badly, and uh, I actually hired a, a relationship coach mm. and it was really six months of me bettering myself yeah. of figuring out mm. who do I have to be to, to have, to deserve the woman that I want in my life. Mm. Um, and mm. I had to do that personal work, right? Like it was the, the, one of the greatest things she did for me was like, well, who's the perfect woman? And I told her, uh, and she goes, are you somebody who's deserving of that woman? And Ouch. I wasn't, the answer was no, I wasn't. And I had to do the work to earn that. And so I think a lot of times when people look at relationships, uh, they think that they're like, well, I have to find a person who's like this, like this, like this versus going, okay, who, I, who do I need to become to attract to that person? Yes. Um, and now I have a phenomenal girlfriend who we have a house together and I live with her two kids. And, um, but the, but that's every relationship, right? Like, I know you don't only talk about love relationships. That's every relationship. Like, 
what relationship do you want in your life? And then go, am I deserving of that relationship? And if you're not, what are the things you have to do to become deserving of that? Do you need to become more patient? Do you need to become more understanding? Do you need to become more strict with the guidelines that you set in your life and your choices mm-hmm. and, the, and all those things? Yeah. Um, and so for me, when it comes to relationships, which again is one of those four pillars in my life, it is, am I doing the things I need to do to to approach these relationships in my life as the, my best self, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot, so it starts with self-care and the things that I do every day. Like I ask every single person I interview the same question, which is what's your definition of success? And what are three things you do every day to ensure that success? And those three things are the things that help me become the person that I need to be in the relationships that I have. Again, that's friendships, family, loved ones, all that stuff. And so for me, yeah, it was, it was really about doing the inner work of myself and overcoming my own personal demons that came from my childhood Mm -hmm. um, to, to really become the man that I am today that where I can be a good partner to my girlfriend, be a good friend to my friends and a, a good brother and son. Oh yeah. You know, and part of the hard work that, goes into that sort of thing about discovering who you are and who you were designed to be is that there's stuff that's, and I'm talking specifically to men here. There's stuff that goes on inside of us that we are never, ever encouraged when we're growing up to express. Like it's not okay to cry. It's not okay to express any kind of emotion other than I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm mad. You know, it's like, but there's so much more there. And I hope that I'm not offending any of the ladies who are listening because it's not meant to insult any of you. But I believe this to the, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Men are more passionate than women in general, but we can only be passionate about one thing at a time. It's not possible for us to be super involved, passionate in multiple things. We can't do it. So if something else comes up, we have to step out of the one and into the next one. And that's just how we are. But helping guys, and that's part of my thing, is trying to help guys understand. It's like, you know what? Emotions and feelings, first of all, they're not bad. And second of all, they're not primarily female domain. They're just feelings and emotions. But if that's not something you can handle, let's call it something different. Let's call them skills. And they are skills that you can learn how to do with practice because whomever you're involved with is dying to know what's going on with you on the inside. And if you don't know how to express that sort of thing, first of all, you don't know you. And second of all, you can't have the best relationships possible. You can't, it's not possible because you're not giving all of you. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I love that, man. And, and it's true. It's very, very true. Like you, and you have to be able to give all of you um, specifically to your significant other. Uh, oh, yeah. Otherwise that's, uh, that's going to fall apart real quick. Oh yeah. And how that relationship goes determines how all your other relationships go period, because your relationship with your significant other follows you everywhere you go, like your shadow everywhere. So when you, if you think you can just turn that off, and just go into that business deal and have it be great just because you're great at what you do, I'm here to tell you it will never be the best it can be if you don't know how to work on that other relationship. It just won't. Because that person you're in business with, it's possible you love that person to a certain degree, maybe, if you have a really close relationship with that person, but it's still not the same as that other one. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Before we get to our final four, which is coming up very quickly, how can folks find you, Justin? Because I know that they're all going to be like, okay, where's Justin at? Where's his podcast? I, I got to get in contact with this guy. I need to know more. So where can we find you? Yeah, man. So obviously wherever they're listening to this podcast, they can just search growth. Now movement. I'll pop up or they can search my name. My show will pop up. And then the other podcasts that I've been on, if they want to hear more of my story. Um, but, uh, but that would be best, man. And look, if they like the show, click subscribe, hang out with me, come along on this crazy journey that I'm on. Uh, and then the, the best social media platforms, Instagram. So if they want to find me there, it's at, at Justin T shank, they can see I've spelled my last name in the description of this show since nobody can spell it right. Uh, and uh, th that'll be good. And, and shoot me a message over there. I'd love to connect and, and uh, see what they're all about. Awesome, man. Well, we'll definitely put all of those things in the show notes. So for those of you who are working out or driving right now, please don't try and write those down. We will make it available in the show notes for you. All right. So our final four, are you ready? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. All right. Question number one. Why did God create Justin? Jeez. Uh, that's a big <laughs> question, man. It is. Um, Just first you know, thing that I, pops in your head, man. Uh, I, you know, I think he created me to leave every single life that I've been able to touch a little bit better than it was the day before. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, so good. All right. Question two, what are you reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Yeah. Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And there's a lot of great life lessons in there uh, of how to, when you get knocked down, how do you bounce back and how do you laugh at the little things? Okay. Okay. Digging that. All right. And we, again, listeners will include that in the show notes, a link to the book. Question three, what do you do for fun with your girlfriend? What do I, um, we like to travel. So when, when COVID is not a thing, traveling happens often. So I would say traveling with her, but honestly, if I had to be completely honest with you, everything I do with her is great. Um, whether, whether it's laying in bed at night, reading, whether it's watching a show together, whether it's sitting out by the fire pit. Um, I love it all. But the big thing is, is we, we do like to travel. Um, and, uh, we, we hope that there's more of that in the near future. Absolutely. Yes. We all hope for more of that travel. Definitely. And question four, what are you most grateful for? Uh, you know, I'm most grateful for, uh, as cliche as it is, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm most grateful for Lauren, my girlfriend who, um, supports me in all of my crazy endeavors and says, <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that we're actually doing something together. So the retreat that I'm hosting, um, uh, in March of this year is actually, it's only open to 10 people, but, and, okay. and it's already half filled. So there's five spots left as of this conversation, but it's me, her, and another friend of ours that we're doing it together. And so we're running this retreat together to focus on the four pillars of our life. And again, they are business and finance relationship, wellness and spirituality. And, uh, mm -hmm. she's actually a, a yoga, a certified yoga teacher and, and a health coach. And so she's okay. going to really be talking about the wellness side of things. Um, and then together it's the relationships. My friend is actually a spiritual guru. Uh, and then obviously I'll be talking about the business stuff, but I'm really excited for the fact that we're doing something together. Uh, I, you know, when you meet somebody, you don't know if that's possible and this organically came about and we work together mm -hmm. really well. Uh, so I'm excited to be able to do this with her, um, and, uh, and see how many lives we can in the future touch together. Oh, that sounds fantastic. 
Well, Justin, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today to share a little bit about you and your story, what you're up to right now, what's coming down the pike. Uh, listeners, if I haven't mentioned it before, which I know I have, but I will say it again, there aren't a lot of podcasts that I make sure that I listen to every time an episode comes out, but Justin's is one of those. So I highly, highly recommend listening to Growth Now Movement. It will be well worth your time. And if for no other reason, he has amazing guests on there. I mean, you're just people, you're just like, and you heard him tell his story. You're like, how did you get that person on your show? Because <laughs> I have asked myself that question many times, many times. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm thank, first of all, uh, I know you're about to wrap this up, but I'm honored uh, that you said that, man. Like that means, that means a lot because uh, that show is my heart and soul. Uh, and so when I hear that people enjoy it, like it, it truly touches me at a deep level, man. So I'm honored that you, that you take your time to listen every single week. Right, well, listeners, thanks again for tuning in with us today. So glad you decided to do that. Again, be sure to check out the show notes. There's lots of really good information in there, how to connect with Justin, how to get resources that we've talked about on there. So check all that out and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.